We're on a mission from God. And now for something completely different. This is Pastor Jolly John Lekomsky coming to you from Northfield, Minnesota. And this is Pastor Matt Youngblood Clark uh, coming from beautiful South St. Louis, where I serve as pastor at Ascension Lutheran Church. And right now I'm not serving anybody. I'm retired. (laughs) So that's not a bad thing either. Although I guess I'm serving my wife and my family and all of our listeners at KFUO because this is... Wrestling, wrestling with, with the basics. The basics. Um, so do you guys listen to the episodes after, after we record them? Do you and your wife, uh, do, you, do you listen we to do, them? Yeah. We do, yeah. You know, sometimes my wife will even listen uh, online. Uh, she accesses those through the KFL website and she'll listen. And, and sometimes she'll just listen and I won't because I already know what we said, John. So <laughs> I don't always listen. That's right. And knowing what we've said, you say, I don't really need to hear that again. <laughs> it wasn't enough. <laughs> so so uh, um, what we used to do is, well, and we will still do this, is on Saturday mornings, uh, you know, because now that we're retired, we'd have to get up early. So we might still be laying in bed or whatever, and, and we'd listen to it. Of course, now you can listen to us uh, on Wednesdays as well, because we're broadcasting on Wednesday afternoons at 2, I, I believe is the deal. Um, but but so often I would, we would listen to it, but I don't know whether I want Lynn to listen to it or not, because Lynn is just so observant. Um, so like I'm washing dishes and Lynn says, oh, you left a little soap on that dish. And I think, well, how are you supposed to know that it's clean? <laughs> but, but apparently, you no, know, people don't like soap, even on their clean dishes. Um, and so, yeah, so she's listening to this episode we did a couple of weeks ago. And she said, you know, John, I don't think you made that really clear. In fact, I'm left with the impression that maybe people after they die are in prison. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, locked away somewhere. Uh, And I'm thinking, you know, like I said, Lynn is a very, very sharp cookie. And so I thought, well, if if she wasn't clear about it, maybe we need to go and make sure people understand, no, we're not saying that your loved ones when they die are locked away in some kind of spiritual prison. Your own doctrinal reviewer right there in the home. You're a fortunate man, John. She will appreciate that when she listens to it. Yes, my own doctrinal review right here. Um, so just to do a brief review, could you read a Revelations? Oh, no, no, that's not the passage I want. It, it actually was from, from uh, Matthew, wasn't it? Where Jesus was saying to Peter and his disciples uh, that the gates of hell will not prevail over the church. You remember yeah. that passage? Yeah, I remember that. Um, so it was right after uh, Peter's confession, right? Yeah, I think it's, yeah. Uh, you are the 16. Christ, the Son of the living God. Uh, and he says, upon this rock, uh, I will build my church, and the, and the gates of hell will not. And and again, since you don't listen to it, but do you, could you still remember it? So what, what was the word in the Greek there for hell? So Hades, Hades, yeah, right? Yeah. So it's kind of comparable to Sheol uh, in the Hebrew. Yeah, and that's it. Thank you. Thank you. Exactly. So when you're when you're doing from an Old Testament context, uh, uh, it is it is the word that the Greek used for Sheol, and Sheol is simply the place 
of the dead. Uh, Psalm 89, 48. Uh, could you look that up for me, Matt? Psalm, yeah. Psalm, yeah, Psalm 89, 48. That's okay. the verse I'm looking for. All right. One second. Psalm 89, verse 48. Yeah. Actually, Matt, it's all on the passages I sent you. Well, <laughs> Are you doing this for show? Pretending no, no, to read this, look this stuff up. <laughs> uh, let's see here, John. I, I'm looking through. Okay. Um all right. It's, yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Okay. Okay. What can man? What man can live and never see death? Who can deliver his soul from the power of Sheol? There's that word Sheol again. Yeah. And actually, again, if you were reading it in in the the Greek translation, the Septuagint, it would have said from the power of Hades. So so whenever the Old Testament uses the Hebrew Sheol. Uh, the Greeks would always use the word Hades. You might as well read Psalm 86, verse 13, as long as you're there in the Psalms in the 80s. All right, <laughs> sure. read that one. Yeah. For great is your steadfast love toward me. You have delivered my soul from the depths of Sheol, or Hades. So, so when it's used in place of Sheol, Hades is just the place of the dead. So, so everybody's going to go to Hades. In fact, uh, Jesus goes to Hades. We have that in Acts chapter uh, too. But but when it comes into the New Testament, it gets a little different nuance. Because in the, in the New Testament, Hades takes on more of the sense of hell, as you and I uh, would, would think of it today. Uh, Luke 16, 22, 23, I think is probably the best illustration of this, the great story of the rich man and uh, Lazarus. Uh, could you read that for sure. us, man? The poor man died and was carried by the angels to Abraham's side. The rich man also died and was buried. And in Hades, being in torment, he lifted up his eyes and saw Abraham far off at Lazarus and Lazarus at his side. Okay, so so uh, so we have this picture Lazarus, the, the the poor fellow. He's actually up there with Abraham uh, in the bosom. Actually, is what it says in the Greek. I, I like that at his side. That doesn't sound as cool as being in the bosom, does it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that intimacy there, that that love, that yeah, that's neat. Yeah. So so by the way, remember that everyone listening, remember that we're going to come back to that because that picture comes up again. Uh, uh, but the idea that the, the the believers, the church, they're up there with the saints, with Abraham in, in the bosom of Abraham. But of course, where is this rich man who had no faith and in no Hades. love either? In Hades. Uh, being in what, Matt? In I think that's torment. Yeah, he might add a description. So, so this is why when Jesus says to Peter, he doesn't simply say, Hades will not prevail over the church. Because in a sense, Hades will. All men die. Jesus dies. So, so and, and you know, I got to thinking, we didn't talk about this two weeks ago. Maybe, maybe Peter didn't understand because the very next verse after he says, you know, that the gates of Hades will not prevail over the church. He then goes on to describe how he's going to suffer and die and be crucified. And what is Peter's response to that? Oh, surely not, Lord. <laughs> yeah. So maybe Peter actually misunderstood. Maybe Peter thought, well, you just got through saying that Hades will not prevail. And now you turn around and say you're going to die. See, uh, but but no, it wasn't that Hades wouldn't prevail, but the gates of Hades. Hades as this place of torment. Hades as this place of prison, as Peter says in his letter that Jesus went down and preached to the uh, uh, souls in prison. Uh, Hades as this eternal place that you go and you never get out of that. 
Uh, but no, no, that's not going to happen to believers. That will not happen to the church. Because if you could read one more passage, Revelation 1.18, Matt. Sure. Uh, let's see here. And the living one, uh, I died, and behold, I am alive forevermore. And I have the keys to death and Hades. So Jesus did go to Hades, but he overcame Hades. He resurrected from the dead. He is alive forevermore, and he's got the keys to death and Hades. And therefore, as Christians, we don't need to worry. Uh, we are going to die. Our loved ones will die, but we are not going to be locked up. Those gates are not locked. We are not going to be imprisoned. No, no, we will be uh, freed. So I hope that clarifies it. No, I'm not meant to imply that when a believer dies, he's going to purgatory or something. He'll be locked up until the resurrection. No, that's the whole point. Uh, that Hades we will not experience. The gates of Hades, the place of prison and torment, no believer, no one in the church will ever experience. Here's the problem, though, Matt. So what are we going to experience? Good <laughs> okay. question, John. Yeah. What does happen to uh, uh, those in the church, the believers, those of faith when they die? I don't know. What, what do you, how have you handled that question? Because I'm sure that question has come up to you as a pastor. Oh, my goodness. Well, especially, obviously, at a funeral. Um, yes. That, that widow or that family that's just lost a husband or a father, a, a wife or a mother. Yeah. What, what happens? Where are they at? Because they want to know. Uh, they want to know, where is this person right now? <laughs> what is going on? So yeah, I think there's, <clears throat> excuse me, there's value to talking about what happens at death. What happens for those who die in Christ? Um, as we talk about that, yeah, we always talk about the resurrection too, and we'll yeah, get to that. Yeah. I'm sure. <clears throat> excuse me. And that's super, super important. But big families also want to know, well, what about right now? Uh, what, where's grandma or grandpa at now? Um, what, what happens when we die? Yeah, uh, it's, it's a great question and one that, you know, we have to be prepared to, to, to address as pastors and not just pastors, but anyone, uh, whether we're the ones grieving or whether it's a, a loved one who's grieving. And and the, and the problem is, and, and, and Matt and I want to be right up front here, we, we don't know. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, it's just not a thing that the Bible really dwells on. Uh, so, so what I would like to start with is what we do know absolutely for sure, okay? So so a part of the show now, I'm going to get off in some opinions. We're actually, I, I read across this beautiful thing from Martin Luther where he has just these his opinion, but you need to remember that that is his opinion because uh, uh, the scripture doesn't really speak clearly. But let's start with the things that we do know for sure. If you could read Luke 23, verse 43, Matt. Yep. And, you know, I'm sure people are amazed at how quickly you can find these Bible passages. <laughs> Man, he right. must be good. He just throws a passage out at Matt, and he finds it right away. Not bad. So, well, you know, it's, it's mostly by memory, John. You know, I don't even have Oh, that's true. You don't even need to look it up, do you? Right now you're thinking, let's see, 23, 40, 42, 23. Oh, 23, 43. Right. Yes. No, yeah. no, I, I've got my sheet here, my cheat oh, sheet. Oh, okay. Um, no, we, don't we, give that away. I was trying to make you look good. All oh, right. okay. All right. All right. Never mind. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> no, we actually do prep for these shows, at least sometimes. So, uh, yeah, sometimes. so John's done his prep work and, and passed it on to me. So, okay. Luke 23, <laughs> verse 43. Here we go. Don't expect it every time, listeners. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> sure. Just be glad you got it today. So, right. so Jesus is, <laughs> that's right. Jesus is speaking here uh, on Good Friday, and he says to, to the, the uh, criminal on the cross next to him, to truly I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. 
Yeah, so that's like you say, that's the thief on the cross. Uh, the operative words, of course, is today you will be with me in paradise. My my doctrinal reviewer, Lynn, uh, actually came up with another really good passage because I asked her, do you think of any passages that address the subject of what happens the moment we die? How about Philippians one twenty three? Sure. I am hard pressed between the two, Paul writes. My desire is to depart and be with Christ, for that is far better. So, so both of those passages make what clear point about what happens to to uh, the believer when he dies? Well, that they're they're with Christ. I think that's yep. important. They're with Jesus, uh, with Him in paradise. Depart and be with Christ, and uh, and recognition from Paul. I think that's good. That, that's that's a that's a better place. That's a better place in this fallen world uh, in which we live. And and he goes on in that same chapter to say uh, to live as Christ, to die is gain. He even calls it. So you literally do have them all memorized because <laughs> that wasn't part of the printed thing I sent you. Good for you, Matt. <laughs> yeah, but but thank you. Thank you for that emphasis again that to die is, is to gain because that, that's the clear point. Whatever we know for sure, they are with Jesus. And believe you me, that is a better thing. That is gain. There is no sense that that could be less than what they had and experienced here. Uh, it's kind of the same thing we had in that parable about the the, the rich man and Lazarus. He's he the, uh, the, the 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 Lazarus is there. He's in the bosom of Abraham. Uh, of course, at that point, we can't say he's with Jesus because Jesus hasn't suffered, died, and rose again yet. Uh, this is pre Christ's ascension into heaven. Um, but I think that's that's the crucial thing. They are there with Jesus. Now here's the next question, though, people want to ask is what are they doing there? Yeah. What is it like sure. being there? Um, now, I've got a passage that, that I came up with. I asked Lynn, who, who, by the way, she reads her Bible day in and day out. If you have any Bible questions, people, just text Lynn. She, she knows the answers. We'll give um, out her cell phone number on air and people can just yeah, That's right. Just give her a call. Get her off my back, would you? <laughs> No, no. No, I, what a, a wise woman, you know, a faithful woman, more precious than jewels, John. That's uh, this, absolutely, absolutely. I would not trade her for anything. Um, so I'm going to ask you, because I, I wrote down a few passages that I thought addressed that, but are there any other passages that you can think of that address the subject of what happens when a, after a person dies, what his condition or state is there with Jesus? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I love that picture with Jesus. I think that's yeah. good. Uh, another thing, I think we have this this picture of of rest. Okay. Yes. Not necessarily yes. sleep. You know, not not I'm not saying that, but but rest. And I like how uh, you know one of those hymn puts it for all the saints. For all the saints who from their labors rest. Mm. This mm. idea yes. that here on this earth we we've we've got some labors. Um, God has commissioned us to. to Tell others about Jesus Christ. Make disciples. Um, now is the time to be doing those things. Now is the time to love your neighbor. Now is the time to share Christ with others. Uh, but when we die and depart uh, from those labors, we rest. We rest from those labors. Uh, so it's this uh, this rest uh, that's, uh, okay, we finished the race. <laughs> We're with yeah. the Lord now uh, in his nearer presence. And and uh, that is that from Job that that language about resting from their labors, I think that's in the Bible somewhere. Yeah, yeah, I think I it's think for the hip, up. Up. Yeah, sure. Um, uh, so so again, yeah. So we have that image of rest. 
but let me let's share a passage. It's the only passage I could really think of that that even talks about people that have died and are with the Lord Jesus from Revelation 6, verses 9 to 11. And it's interesting that this passage also does use the image of, of rest. So uh, again, Revelation 6, 9 to 11. Yeah, I think this is, a, this is a good passage because it shows that, yeah, resting perhaps, but not sleeping. They're, they're active. They're, yeah. they're aware. Yeah. So anyway, here we go. Uh, when he opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls <laughs> of those who had been slain for the word of God and for the witness they had borne. So these martyrs, they cried yes. out with a loud voice, O sovereign Lord, holy and true, how long before you will judge and avenge our blood on those who dwell on the earth? Then they were each given a white robe and told to rest a little longer until the number of their fellow servants and their brothers should be complete, who were to be killed as they themselves had been. So, so this, this would give you the impression that, that perhaps our loved ones are conscious, that they're aware of what's going on. Oh, sovereign Lord, how long before you will judge and avenge our blood on those who dwell on the earth? So you get kind of a sense that maybe they're aware uh, although, you know, now that I read this with you, Matt, I, I, it doesn't seem like it's a very specific awareness necessarily, does it? It's just an awareness that why aren't things done? Um, in fact, oh, man, did you see the light bulb go on? <laughs> no, you can't because we're not doing Zoom or anything like that. We're doing this over over uh, telephone wires and Internet and uh, yeah, I, I wonder if people understand that you and I are in two totally different places talking into a microphone. Yes, that's exactly right. Um, yeah, it's not like the good old days where we could look at each other. So you couldn't see the light bulb. Normally you would have. <laughs> <laughs> You're in your bunker in Northfield, Minnesota. <laughs> that's right. I'm here in St. Louis. But, but, but it just dawned on me, because I always listened to this and heard that as if these people were looking down on the earth and they were seeing all the suffering and all the trials and wondering why Jesus hasn't brought it to an end. But that might not be at all. They might just be saying, where's our loved ones? You know, where's the people we know? We're all here by ourselves. Where, where are the rest of these people? Why haven't they come up and been with us yet? How long before you come and, and, and your final judgment? Um so I don't know. That just struck me. I, I I'd always assumed that they were bemoaning the ongoing suffering of the church. But but now I look at that and think it does actually say that. They're just wondering why their brothers in the faith have not yet joined them in the place that they are at. Um, yeah, I think it's probably probably both, I would say. Yeah. Uh, yeah. When when is Christ's return going to come? When is the end, last day going to come so all things are made right and restored? And we're reunited. I think that's a good point too, John. Reunited with those uh, who, in faith, are on their way, uh, our loved ones, uh, those who are part of the body of Christ, the family of faith. Uh, and, and and you'll see why I emphasize that. Where are our loved ones? In just a moment, and and that's why I, I, this passage struck me in a way it hadn't struck me before. We'll, we'll get to that in just a moment, because there is one other thing I, I do want to point out here. What is the response to the Lord Jesus to their their cry? What is the, his response? Yeah, well, uh, wait, rest in, uh, a little longer uh, until yep. the number of the fellow servants is, is complete. And also they were each given a what? A white robe, yeah, given a white yep. robe yep. as well. So, so the thing is, is whatever might be happening, again, 
our loved ones do not need to be anxious. They do not need to be concerned. In fact, they will not be anxious. They will not be concerned. Of course, they're looking forward to our return. They're looking forward to our coming and being with them. But again, they've got the white robe, this beautiful, precious, pure, holy white robe of forgiveness in Jesus Christ. So there's nothing they need to do. There's no purgatory here, is there, Matt? It's not like they got to make up for the wrongs they've done because they've got the white robe. I think that's what's very striking. And they can rest. They can rest. Not like you said, and, and we'll get to that again, too. I think that's a great insight. Resting is not necessarily the same as, as sleeping. Yeah. Uh, um, so, and I, I think it's kind of neat uh, yeah. that they're, they're, they're longing. The saints in heaven are really, they're saying their longing is the same as ours, the saints on earth. Uh, yeah. We, too, are longing for the exact same thing. We want Christ to return. We want all things to be new. Uh, we want to be reunited with those who have gone before us in faith and are with Christ. So it's kind of interesting whether in heaven or on earth, it's the same desire, the same longing. And, and, and Matt, in fact, I'm going to get a little radical here. As I was reading that and thinking about it, I thought maybe we're wrong in terms of thinking about the the people who have died. Uh, because, you know, Revelation is a powerful, symbolic book. It's really hard oh, yeah. sometimes. And maybe it's actually talking about you and me right now. Uh, because you're right, that's the same uh, reaction I had. This is what the church here on earth at this very moment is crying. When? How long? When is this going to come to an end? Especially with all of the struggles and sufferings we've had here in, in 2020. And so I got to think, well, maybe we're, we're, we're misreading this Revelation passage. Maybe it isn't about those that are already gone. It's about you and me who suffer right now uh, and, and for the witness uh, that we bear. But this brings us now to the final passage I want to talk about. Uh, and this is the one that Luther gives a very extensive commentary on what happens when people die. It's from Genesis 49, 33. If you want to read that, please. Okay, sure. When Jacob finished commanding his sons, he drew up his feet into the bed and breathed his last. And Jacob was gathered to his people. And, and Luther says, so that's a description of what it's like when you die. And I thought, wow, what, what a beautiful insight. Jacob was gathered to his people. And so that's what my, struck me about that passage in Revolution. Revelation, rather, not revolution. <laughs> revelation. <laughs> what are the people complaining about? Where are our loved ones? Where are they at? We're waiting for them because they know that's what's going to happen. We're going to be gathered to our people. And so the saints that are there in heaven with the Lord Jesus, they're longing, waiting for us to be with them knowing that we will be with them. And we too, see, that's, isn't that what we want? Don't we want, I, I don't want to die, but you know, it will be better. It'll be good because all these people I love, like like my first wife, Jan, and my, my grandmother, Anita, and the list could go on and on. And you've got people like that too, you love who've passed away, right? Definitely. And, and so it'll be so cool because that's what's going to happen when we die. This is the promise. There is no doubt about this. We will be gathered to our people. Uh, uh, you want to read a couple of quotes from Luther there, if you wouldn't mind, Matt, just to share what Luther's thoughts were on this? Yeah. Uh, accordingly, this way of speaking should be pleasing to us, for it testifies that ever since the beginning of the world, the saints fell asleep in faith and in the hope of the resurrection. And why don't you read the next passage, too? Jacob, again, he's the one who just died, that we yeah. read that description. Jacob did not ascend into heaven, nor did he descend into hell. Where then did he go? God has um, receptacle in which the saints and the elect rest without death, without pain and hell. But what it what it is named or what kind of place it is, no one knows. 
but it is certain that it is called and is a people. Yeah, and so Luther actually uses this rather strange analogy. He says, you don't remember what life was like when you were in the womb, right? And so in fact, he says, you don't remember what life was like in your first two years when you were, you were, uh, you know, uh, suckling at your, your mother's milk, he says. But it still was a good place to be. You know, it was a place of comfort, a place where you're provided and, and taken care of. And, and that's what the Lord wants us to know. We, we don't know exactly what this place is like, but we do know that the Lord Jesus is going to be there. We do know that we're going to be uh, watched over and taken care of in this place. In fact, a lot of theologians think it is paradise. That That's the technical word for this place before the resurrection and the ascension into heaven. But uh, whatever, that's the cool thing to know, uh, that we are going to be gathered to his people, to the people that belong to Jesus Christ. Matt, we're out of time. Uh, this has been Wrestling, Wrestling with, with the, the Basics. basics.